Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, at PredictorHQ. On today's episode, we got our boy Doug West back with us. Uh, He's going to be breaking down a little bit of college basketball. Actually, a lot of bit of college basketball for us today. Uh, Make sure you give Doug a follow there on Twitter, at WC Sports Edge. Once again, on Twitter, at WC Sports Edge. How's everything, Doug? What's going on, Alan? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Ah, just fantastic. Getting ready to go into the weekend here, but gotta gotta talk that college basketball first. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it, man. The season's right around the corner. I can't wait. It is. It is. Now, it, it's an interesting transition going from NBA, where we kind of got like such a flying game, as, and then we get into college basketball. We see a lot of two, three, three, two zones, things like that. Uh, how, how do you take a different approach there from the NBA over to college ball? So, in general. Uh, in terms of preparation, my approach is very similar from NBA to college basketball. I, I adjust my power rankings after every team's played their game from the night before. Um, I take a look at the overnight lines to see if there's value to make a play on the next day, and I plug all my numbers into the algorithm. But the biggest difference between NBA and college for me is that in college basketball, there's 351 division teams around the country, whereas the NBA only has 32 teams. So... In my estimation, there's just a ton of room in the college basketball betting market to find value uh, because it's impossible for the odds makers to basically line every single game correctly, especially on days like on Saturdays when there's 50 or 60 games going on throughout the day. It's impossible for them to make, you know, that number right on the money where it's going to be landing right on the number every time. Like there's going to be times where you're finding value in those games where it's often overlooked, whether it's a mid-major game or it's not one of the games on a primetime slate. Uh, so there's definitely value to be had in the college basketball betting market. You just need to know what to look for and have a proven, reliable way to gain that edge. So kind of, you know, it's interesting. I know college basketball doesn't have much of a preseason. I know, I guess their preseason is scheduling these, uh, the hunky-dory teams at the beginning of the season. Your uh, sister yeah. consolata of the blind and, you know, Southwestern uh, Indiana Tech, whoever it may be, you know, that that's who's getting scheduled early on in the year. But I guess even prior, I mean, look, they still put lines on those games. So uh, how do you how do you look at all these teams, uh, you know, like early on in the season, not really knowing a ton? Yeah, just to touch on what you said, like some of the games have lines, but for the vast majority of those games where, you know, college basketball, it's it's a lot different than the NBA. NBA, we've got preseason teams of you know the Nets versus the Clippers or the Suns versus the Hawks and it's you know you might see 10 minutes from the starters and then it's a bunch of the backups trying to see if they can make the squad or not but college basketball the teams are pretty much the teams are set they're just trying to figure out who's going to get the minutes so you'll see a lot more of the starters play meaningful minutes in those early on games against like you said against the cupcakes Um, and you'll have a lot of these D1 teams playing uh, D2 or D3 teams from their local area just as a pretty much of a warm up. So it's more of a just, all right, let's see what we got. Let's see how the guys are playing together. Let's see who's, who's flowing together well, who's going to get minutes versus who's not going to play much at all. If, if they're younger guys like freshmen or sophomores. Um, so it's basically just to kind of see who's going to be trotted out onto the floor and get a lot of the starter minutes. Um, but what I do actually love about the college uh, basketball preseason, if you want to call it the preseason, is when we have all these early uh, early season tournaments where we've got like 
for example, the Maui Invitational, right. or we have uh, they have those just random obscure sponsored by you know uh, whatever local power company tournament in Florida. The Pep, the Pep Boys preseason NI ten. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. So I, I love, I, even though those don't sound glamorous, I really enjoy watching a team like Bradley, who not very many people around the country know, play. Uh, like for example, uh, Kennesaw State, like a total mid major. So I, I really like to see the the styles that each coach is implementing into those games, and also you kind of get a feel for okay, what is this team? What do they do well? What do they not do well? Who are their starters? And that helps me with my power rankings, so I can implement implement that for the rest of the year. So actually, the preseason, even though it's nothing like the NBA's preseason, I still really enjoy it just as much or more. Interesting, yeah. And you know, speaking of first matchups. You know, my Dukies, they never do that. Last year, they had Kentucky right at the beginning. And then, you know, Kansas, they got in the opener this year. So, uh, oh yeah, you know, obviously after that, then they get going into some of these weaker schools. But, uh, you know, that that is like one of the lone exceptions. So speaking of my Dukies there, they've, you know, gotten into this whole one and done flood that's hit college basketball uh, over the past couple of years. How does that play into what you do? Because, again, not really having – much of a background on these guys at the college game. Sure, you might know that they're absolute studs, uh, you know, against guys that are taking trigonometry classes in high school. But, <laughs> you know, in the college game, things get a little different. So how does that uh, weigh on your factors? So, I mean, looking at it this year, there isn't really a Zion-level talent. He's like a once-in-a-decade, once-in-a-generation right. type of athlete and player. So in terms of the college basketball one and done scenario. I don't think it has really hurt the game uh, as a whole as as much as I thought it would. Looking back at the last five or ten years, um, because as basketball junkies, we just we still can't wait for the season to start. It doesn't matter if there was the one and done scenario rule or not. Um, there's still good players dispersed throughout the entire country. We still have all these good coaches at different levels of mid major, high major, um, with all these clashing styles, and it's just college basketball in general. It's a whole different bag of worms, but they're not getting paid. So their, their education is getting paid for, but that's a discussion for another day. So these kids are playing, you know, for their school, for pride. And it seems like a lot of people have this uh, sentiment where they like college basketball better than the NBA because they feel like, oh, well, these kids aren't coasting because they're making millions of dollars. Um, and whether you believe that or not, college basketball is, is a great, just, it's a great experience for your average fan to your junkie like me who just loves, any level of basketball. And I just can't wait for the season to start. Um, but to finish up on that point, I mean, March Madness has had amazing ratings almost every sing single season because um, it's such a good buildup to the end of the year. So I kind of feel like the bashing of the whole one and done is a bit outplayed. I mean, it's I think it's more of like a talking point for the media to just latch on to. So, uh, again, with college basketball, I think, you know, probably more so than the pro game, coaching plays a huge difference. Uh, or I'm sorry, plays a huge uh you know, huge factor in, you know, how successful a team is or, you know, how successful they are not. Um, what, uh, what is your take on coaching in college basketball? Do you believe that it's almost everything? I, I wouldn't say almost everything, but if you would put it a notch below that, then yes, I'd put it right in that. <laughs> so sort of everything. All right. Sort of everything because in college basketball, like the impact of coaching at the college level is pretty much it's very often overlooked by your average fan or better when they're looking at a game or analyzing a game. Uh, in my opinion, coaching at the college level has much more of an impact compared to the NBA game. Um, those are all 
million dollar athletes, their investments, those teams have done their due diligence, uh, researching their families, their histories, you know, how well they play in certain situations. Whereas in college, I mean, you're recruiting the kid to come to your program and he's going to be there for most likely he's going to be there for three to four years. And that kid is not some athlete who can just say, you know, screw you. I'm, I'm not going to give my max effort tonight. Those kids know 99% of those kids know that if they screw up, there's a guy right behind him who just cannot wait to jump in and just take that senior spot or that, that starting role from them. So I feel like coaching is, is probably the biggest factor uh, in college basketball, because if you have a good coach who understands how to implement the strength of his roster and a style that fits into his player's skill set, it can offset the talent gap that we often see in a mid-major versus a Goliath scenario in college basketball. Um, and those situations usually play out in March Madness where we all see it on live TV. Um, but especially in those situations, we'll have like a, a team that is just substantially outmatched physically, yet they end up keeping the game close throughout or even leading down the stretch. And, and the favorite is always wondering like, dang, man, how didn't we just crush these guys by 20 points from tip off? Like, I don't understand. Like, how are they beating us? And the answer is because the coach of the opposing team from usually a smaller or mid-major school has schemed, has done their research, has done film, and they really find the weakness of those other teams that they think, oh, we're just going to crush these guys. Like we're just going to, you know, out athletic them or just, we're just so much bigger across the board. Um, so that's where I think coaching is just, it really shows at the college level. Um, and the ability to coach can also really show you, uh, when you have two teams of equal talent level and ability. Mm -hmm. And usually the team with the better coach ends up winning those games seven out of 10 times when the talent level is pretty equal uh, from two schools um, because they're more likely to uh, basically uh, take take advantage of a clear mismatch or what I like is their in-game adjustments that they make. Those really good coaches, you'll see them make an in-game adjustment that is something that they've never done all year or something that they did years ago and they saw something happen in a game and it just clicks in their brain and they go, okay. I know what to do here. Time out. Let's draw it up on the board or remind our guys, hey, we need to make this adjustment. And that is something that you'll see at the college level tenfold over in the NBA. So when looking at these different uh, conferences that we have, I mean, you mentioned it over 300 D1 programs out there. So lot, you know, lots of lots of things that you have to you know keep an eye on. But is there one conference in particular that, and we're not talking about like the ACCs, the Big 12s, Pac-12s, things like that. Is there one conference that maybe none of us have even heard about that you, you feel like you got a better grip on than any other? I mean, there's a, a lot of, I, I like to focus on all of the conferences in general, but I, I do like to look at certain conferences like the SoCon or the the Valley, like those those schools are, are like they should be. I mean, if you compare that basketball to you know, a lot of the big conferences that you just named, it, it doesn't seem very glamorous compared to those other conferences. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, there's definitely value to be had in those games. I mean, those games are lines, so you can bet on them. So I pay just as much attention to those games as I do the the bigger conference games. And also, uh, there's less attention being paid to those. So if you really know what you're looking for, you can you can snag a pretty valuable number on a lot of those games, whether it's total or side, and you can really take advantage of where the bookmakers are tending to be more focused on, you know, keeping an eye on those the movement of a Kansas versus Kentucky or a Indiana versus Michigan or a game like that. Um, but in terms of overall conferences, um, I feel like there's so many different types of styles of play that 
tend to be more common or apparent in one conference uh, compared to another. Uh, for example, let's see, uh, you usually see like a more up-tempo and uh, free-flowing style of basketball out on the West Coast in Pac-12, uh, while you'll see more of a grinded-out, half-court, bruising style of play in a conference like the Big Ten in the Midwest. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't say I have like a, a more feel for a mid-major or a big conference like the Pac-12 or Big Ten or ACC. Uh, I kind of give equal equal attention to all of them, but I, I do love the 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 clashing of the styles from a, a, a team like the in the Pac-12, like UCLA versus a team like Wisconsin. Like you couldn't get two different historical styles of play where UCLA wants to run and gun, Wisconsin wants to walk the ball up and, and play inside out. And I, I love those you know, X's and O's matchups and just clashes of style. I, I, I love that stuff. You know, I was hoping that you're going to give me some inf insight on the uh, seasoning opening matchup between UT, uh, Rio Grande Valley and South Dakota State. <laughs> I mean, a lot of like, you know, it's why I had to pull up the, the college basketball schedule and be like, all right, what's the most obscure game on here? And that when I landed, I mean, believe me, there's plenty. We got Rhodes College against Lipscomb on opening night. I mean, that, I mean that's that's going to just draw the masses out of the home. That, that's that's the one we're all waiting for. Could you ima could you imagine if they actually lined that game? That Rhodes College versus Lipscomb, Lipscomb game? So let's see. I was looking at Lipscomb, I think. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Rhodes College. They don't even have a link to their team page. So, yeah, that's that's where they are. Yeah, that's that's a, a surefire. Probably a Division two or Division three school that, you know, those guys, don't get me wrong. Those guys are good basketball players. But when you compare them to these, even like a mid-major at Lipscomb, I just off the top of my head, if I was to make a line, Lipscomb's got to be favored by 35 at, at minimum. Oh, goodness. It's going to be a tough one for Rhodes College this year, folks. You heard it here yes, first. Sir. You heard it here <laughs> first. So our guest today on the, uh, this episode, Doug West, uh, college basketball and pro basketball insider here for us at sportspredictor.com. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at WC Sports Edge. Once again, on Twitter at WC Sports Edge. Uh, now looking at single game bets, what are we looking at? this season early on that we should probably keep an eye on that uh you know last year you know people who were really into college basketball were used to one thing and then this year maybe that's not going to be the case anymore good question alan so basically uh i think sports bettors who have been around college basketball for a while uh should be aware that this year the ncaa has moved the three-point line back uh for this season so the new ncaa division one line will match what the international three-point line is currently set at so the old line was 20 feet, nine inches, and the new line is now 22 feet, one and three quarters inches. So it doesn't sound like a big difference, but I'm telling you, um, when you get a guy who's barely a 33% three-point shooter or 30% three-point shooter from the old line to now this new line, he's going to drop by five to 7% or maybe even more because that extra foot and some inches makes a big difference on your shot. Um, I've had friends in the past, teammates in the past where they're shooting, uh, you know, high school threes and they're making, you know, with no defense warming up five out of 10, six out of 10, seven out of 10. And then they go, Oh yeah, I can shoot an NBA three. No problem. They back up to the NBA line and they go one for 10, maybe lucky to make two for 10. So I know that the, the foot difference isn't that big from the high school line to the NBA line, but this, this foot and some inches is going to be a big enough of a difference to, you're going to see a drop in, um, percentages of threes made, uh, probably overall three pointers made too. You'll see a little bit of a drop. Um, uh, for example, like last year, uh, 
there was only a handful of teams that shot 40% or better in the entire country uh, from the three-point line. Um, and one actually that was just below three, uh, 40%, um, but shot the ball extremely well, was national champions Virginia Cavaliers. They shot 39.5% last year. Um, and I feel like – I know the game has really opened up the middle of the floor with a lot of this three-point shooting, but that's what the NCAA is doing. They're counteracting that by moving the line back so they can see if they can get a little bit more balance of, you know, the playing inside out or, you know, pounding the ball down low instead of it just being a, a three-point jack fest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, with that said, I with everything I just said, I think that's going to lead to, especially early on in the year, um, until the books can adjust, I, I really think that's going to uh, help unders cash a lot more because you're going to have these teams have the same approach and the same mindset of, okay, well, our offense really isn't going to change much. You know, the foot, the, the line's only a foot back now. Um, I, I think it's going to really impact uh, totals uh, as the season moves along. So I'm going to find and I'm going to take advantage of the, uh, the unders even more so with the, them moving the line back. See, that's interesting because I think I think we've all noticed that whether it's a tournament game or, uh, you know, one of these early season big matchups that are played in the NBA arenas, you know, how they how they have they keep the NBA line there during the college game, you know, and I feel like that was almost like that was just tempting these these kids to like, oh, let me see if I can make it here from the NBA through it. Like it wasn't, you know, like they might have not even had the college line there. So. I don't know what, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry, Alan. You, you cut out for about 15 seconds, but I just heard the last thing about you might as well cut out the college line there. Oh, well, no. What I was saying is so basically, you know, you got all of these uh, these tournament games or, you know, the early season played in the NBA arenas. And typically, you know, all these kids would just be shooting from the NBA th- uh, three line anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, again, it was just interesting to see that, you know, like where the NBA line is still there. And, you know, meanwhile, these kids are taking their shots in there anyway. So, yeah, right. It's, it's like, oh, well, I want to be an NBA player. I want to shoot from back here when I can move up a whole foot and a half and have a much higher percentage to make the shot. But I'm going to still shoot from back here anyway. It's just a little bit of arrogance and bravado by the kids. Absolutely. Hey, you know, when I was 18, believe me, I did much worse things. So Yeah, right? Not too worried about it. All right, so let's start talking about actual teams this year. I know we've gotten to some different betting types and, uh, you know, things that you like to do or like to look at in terms of the college game. But uh, in actuality, who are, who are some teams that you're pretty high and low on this season? All right, uh, to start out, a team I'm very high on is the Michigan State Spartans, and they're the clear-cut Number one preseason team. Uh, I kind of put them in their own bracket above all the other elite teams in the country. Really? Uh, then that, that, yeah, that next seven to eight teams, I put them just below Michigan State. Um, and that's how high I am on Sparty this year. Um, and actually, I really, I'm really looking forward to the game that's going to happen in a few days because today is November 1st and we're going to get to see Kentucky, number two preseason team, square off against the number one team in the country, Michigan State, uh, national television. And I believe, for obscure advertising purposes, it's the State Farm Champions Classic, which there is, you, you know, I'm sure it'll be some random thing next year. But I, I think I think that's going to be a great way to kick off the season. Uh, but to to back to finish finishing up on Michigan State, uh, they're they're the unanimous preseason number t- number one team for a reason, uh, and it's well deserved considering all the returning talent they have. Uh, starting off, uh, any college basketball fan who's been paying any attention to the the college basketball landscape knows who Cassius Winston is, and he's the starting point guard 
who will be a senior this year for Michigan State and Tom Izzo. Um, I love everything about this kid. He's savvy. He understands how to change tempo. He understands how to control the game. Um, he led the team in scoring assists and steals last year for Michigan State. And he can get you a bucket down the stretch when things start to get really tight and the game slows down. Um, so that guy is the type of player you want running your team when you have national title aspirations. So I love Cassius Winston. He's basically another coach on the floor for them at, at the point guard spot. Uh, and then the rest of the roster is filled out with all these four and five star talented players who just fit so well together. Joshua Langford, Kyle Ahrens, uh, and they, both of them actually – Missed a lot of the year last year because of really nasty, bad ankle injuries. Yep. Um, and especially Joshua Langford, like he, he was averaging 15 a game uh, before he went down with his injury. No, the, and, and the, they're just, it's just an embarrassment of riches for Izzo. Um, and also, I, I, I love Xavier Tillman. I like Aaron Henry. Uh, those, that fr- those front court players, those guys are just like, those guys are street brawlers. They're just, they're, they're the type of guys that you want to walk down a, an alley with because you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't have to worry about nothing. I got these big, just giant men to, you know, get in a, they, they, they just, they're just street fighters. They're going to battle on the glass against guys who are two or three inches taller. All these, you know, five star guys from Kentucky and, and Duke, they're, they're going to, they're going to eat these guys alive on the glass. So I, I love the whole starting five. And then they've got a kid that is a newcomer to Michigan State. And I want everybody to remember his name. His name is Mark Rocket Watts. Um, this kid's a bona fide scorer. He had hit, he had 60 in a high school game, and it wasn't against the JV squad either. He was playing against real good talent on the other end. Um, I actually expect him as a true freshman to come in and contribute immediately. Um, but nobody really calls him Mark. Everybody just refers to him as Rocket because right. he's a junior. Uh, his dad has the same name as him. So you're going to be hearing Rocket Watts all over Sports Center and all over – you know, CBS uh, this year, uh, this kid's a, like I said, he's a really talented offensive player. Um, he's going to contribute right away. Uh, and that's, that's who I have as my team. I'm really high on. And I know it's easy to pick Michigan state because they're the preseason number one, but I feel like they're just heads and shoulders above everybody else in the country because of how deep they are. Um, now, obviously if injuries happen, like they did last year for Michigan state, they still got to the final four because of that deepness and, and the, the quality of players they had and the quality of coach that Izzo is. But if they stay healthy, I they're cutting down the nets in March. They're, they're the team that I expect to win. All right. All right. Very strong. Very strong case you made for this, uh, for Mr. Sparty and fam. Uh, now, on the other end, let's, uh, let's talk about a team who is up there on the championship. By the way, on FanDuel Sportsbook, Michigan State is plus 700 to win the national title. So... If you like what Doug just had to say right there, yeah, I believe that's a that's a hell of a bet. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, like, mm, okay, okay, might might throw a little chet down on that. <laughs> so um, now for team for a team that I'm low on now, yeah, uh, I'll touch on that. All right, so a team that I'm low on now. This is not like I'm low on them because I think they're going to miss the NCAA tournament, right. but for the expectations that they have, I'm I'm low on them. So and that team is the Kansas Jayhawks. Ooh. So. Dude, does Kansas have tons of talented players coming in year in and year out? Yes. Do I think they're going to miss the NCAA tournament? No. But I feel like with all the distractions that they have and the things that are happening behind the curtains at Kansas, yep. like Coach Bill Self is, is again, he's expected to go deep into March and compete for a championship. And I just feel like his talented roster of five-star guys are just 
again, they're going to be expected to, to reach the mountaintop and they're going to fall short and they're going to be watching the final four from their couches. Like they've done. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that for someone who's made the tournament as many times as he had, Bill Self has the most first and second round exits for a coach of his caliber or his supposed caliber. Um, and I've just never really been the big, a, a big, big self fan. A Bill Self fan, excuse me. I was going to say, Doug, we love you. You know, you don't have to be that hard on yourself, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I've never been a a big (laughs) Bill Self fan. Uh, And I just think think he's a constant underachiever, especially considering all the talent he gets every year and all the resources he has at his disposal. So real quick, let's just walk through the last seven times he's been in the tournament, or let's go through some main years here. All right. 2006, first round. They lost to Bradley, nine-point favorites. They lost 77-73. Fast forward four years to 2010. In the second round, I think we all remember Ali Farouk Manesh killing Kansas from the three-point line. They won Northern Iowa one by two. Kansas was minus eight that game. Fast forward four more years, 2014. In the second round again, Stanford beat Kansas by three, 60-57. Kansas again, an eight-point favorite. Then the year before that in the Sweet 16, they got a little further. They lost to Michigan by two in overtime. They're a three-point favorite there. Back in 2007, the Elite Eight, UCLA 68, Kansas 55. Kansas was a one-point favorite. Then they actually made a deep run in 2004. They got to the Elite Eight, but they lost to Georgia Tech in OT, uh, 79-71. And then last two I'm going to touch on, uh, when they when they got a little bit further on, when he didn't get bounced in the first round like we're, we've become so used to lately. Mm-hmm. In 2009, they made the Sweet 16. They lost to uh, aforementioned Sparty, 62-67 to in a pick'em. Uh, that game was lined at a pick'em. And then in 2012, in the title game, I think we all remember this one, they lost 67-59, to and they were one-point dogs in that game. Mm. So, like I said, Bill Self, um, constant underachiever especially considering the amount of talent he gets year in and year out. He's just basically got almost an NBA squad every single year. And the guy is just a constant disappointment. So if I have a team I'm low on that you're going to get value betting up against probably throughout the year um, is Kansas. They're going to be over, over overvalued. The spreads will be overinflated. Now I'm not saying to just blindly bet against Kansas every game. They're going to have some games where they, their talent shows, but when it gets down to the nitty gritty in March, I've always looked to, to fade Kansas because of all the reasons I talked about. Um, and they just, they just never, they never seem to, to be that team that they're, everyone's expecting them to be. Just to kind of piggyback on that, I remember, uh, you know, cause I was working for Fanduel last year. We were writing articles constantly about how terrible Kansas was on the road, not just against the spread, but like in general, you know, like they just were not playing well at all away from uh, Allen Fieldhouse. So, yeah, I, I think that really that speaks a lot of volumes to like these tournament games. You know, we're obviously playing on a neutral court, but yes, sir. again, too, like we just we saw it come to fruition last year with them just having an absolutely awful time on the road last year. Oh yeah, and and to piggyback off what you just said, you brought up a great point. They, they haven't been good on the road, and think about it. Like I haven't been to Allen Fieldhouse, but I have had friends who went to school there, and they told me that it is a a very unique home court advantage, especially considering how into it the fans are and it's always sold out. So that makes a lot of sense why they've struggled on the road and these neutral site tournament games for for as long as Bill Self has been there. So it makes a ton of sense. 
Um, not necessarily anybody that's going to win a title down on that odd sheet, but anybody, I don't know, who we're probably not even thinking about that can make some noise this season. Uh, possibly from, like, one of the mid-majors or something. Oh, uh, let's see. I'm looking at the odd sheet right now. You know, um, I wouldn't say it's a, it's not a crazy long shot, but where is it? I just saw it. But Florida at 17 to 1 kind of intrigues me a little bit. Uh, and then if you want like a complete long shot, obviously, like I, like I touched on in the NBA podcast last week about do I expect the Blazers to win it all? But at 40 to 1, it's, it's a good bet, especially if they can get in the playoffs, which I, I'm pretty confident they will. And if they win around, you can have a good, a good ticket that you could, you know, you could hedge down, uh, depending on the opponent. Um, I kind of like, and even even more so in college basketball because it's a one and done scenario in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get those really stylistically favorable matchups that a coach can implement over a a coach like Bill Self, who just is kind of like, oh yeah, let's throw the ball out there and we're gonna outsize and out talent them. Well, I, I mean, I already know what the 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 title of this podcast is gonna be. We hate Bill Self. Oh no, you know I I don't hate Bill Self. <laughs> I just think that if I had if I was the coach of Kansas and I had you know. Just NBA player after NBA player walking through the door. I, I'd, I'd have a little bit more success in the NCAA tournament than him, but that's, you know, nor here nor there. Uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, that whole preseason Snoop Dogg showing up. Now, talk about a coach that wants to do right for his kids, whether it's legal, <laughs> whether it's illegal or not. Man, getting Snoop to come perform live at your preseason, like, uh, Kansas University night basketball, that, that was pretty cool. Yep. Even though, you know, he's gotten in some major trouble for it. So. Yeah, nothing personal against Bill Self. I just think he's an underachiever. Um, so let's see. A long shot. I, I mean, growing up in California, I've, I've kind of known about St. Mary's, wow. uh, a lot, a lot more than your average fan. And, um, there, I'm looking at the odd sheet that you, uh, you provided. It says 60 to one for St. Mary's currently. And, you know, maybe St. Mary's gets off to a little bit of a slow start and, uh, you know, they end up winning their conference. It's usually either them, St. Mary's or Gonzaga who ends up winning the West Coast Conference every year. So, um, I mean, you could probably get a better number unless they just go undefeated in their early part of the season. You could probably get a better number on St. Mary's later on down the road uh, if they lose a few games and end up winning their conference um, or they have some big uh, non-conference wins. You could maybe get somewhere around 100 to 1 later on down the year because uh, I've noticed, you know, a lot of these preseason odds, it – I remember early on in my betting career, I would be like, oh man, like I'm going to bet this one, this one, this one. And then yeah. the last, the last seven to 10 years, I've been like, I'm going to wait because I feel like there's a lot more value in waiting to, to bet futures like this halfway through the year, a quarter through the year, right before the tournament, because you're getting teams that, you know, no, no team is going to play exactly how they expected to all year because of, you know, injuries or, you know, sure, a kid gets sure. Kid gets kicked off the team, and there's you know there's some shuffling with the roster, so you you can get some of these teams that have a lot of talent, but maybe they don't piece it all together till almost the end of the year. You could probably get double or triple what they're listed at right now, and you could be sitting on like a five hundred to one ticket entering the tournament, and then if they get hot, you got a really good payday on your hands. And like I said, and even if you don't want to just hold it till the title game, you could start hedging off and guaranteeing yourself profit. So each game. So like I feel like there's a lot more value in waiting to bet some of these preseason long shots than just doing it all right before the first game of the year. I like that. I like that. And again, on a course on a place like FanDuel, you could cash out early. You've got places like Ball Street Trading, who we've had here on the podcast before. 
and you could get your ticket and get that over to them. Maybe somebody in the marketplace buys it from you, something along those lines. But absolutely. And again, let's talk about it one more time. There's 300 plus programs in D1. So there's a lot of, a lot of interchangeable moving parts and things of that nature. So I definitely agree with you on that. All right. So uh, we're coming up on the end of our time here. Just, uh, you know, let people know uh, what you're going to be doing for a sports predictor with the, uh, with the college basketball season this year. Sure, Al. Uh, no problem. So for anyone who signs up for my sportspredictor.com college basketball package, whether it be the monthly one or the full year package at a discounted rate, uh, you'll be receiving all of the same plays that I bet on myself personally. Uh, that includes all first half totals, all first half sides, all of my full game totals and full game sides. Um, and I also like to find some good value on Moneyline Dogs uh, throughout the season where we're getting peak value on overlooked teams. And uh, before before we go, I just wanted to talk about so last the last two. I mean, I've had five straight winning years in college basketball, um, and they're all up on the site. Um, uh, I'm going to have the spreadsheet from the last few up there, as as many as they'll let me put up. Um, but for example, uh, 2018, if they're, if they're all good. We got to put them all up there, you know. Well, it's the internet. There's plenty of room on there. There's plenty of room, right? Uh, so, like for example, uh, two seasons ago. Um, I went 345, 293, and 11 for 70 units of profit. And that was, I picked that year, I picked it 54%. Um, and then this past year, I went 246, 184, and 7 for 120 units. Nice. Um, I upped my, I upped my risk as March Madness rolled around because we were sitting on a nice profit heading into March. And I picked it, uh, 57.2% last year against the spread. So, um, I, I just I'm really looking forward to basketball this year and to be totally transparent and honest with everyone. Uh so far in NBA this year, I am here it is. NBA. There we go. I am eighteen I know. <laughs> I am eighteen twenty two and one for minus eight point zero six units. So right. I'm off to a slow start in the NBA. So I'm not I'm not worried though. I've had five straight winning years in NBA as well. Um and actually I was looking back at my previous years and uh I believe it was two years ago I had a very similar October and then I followed that up with a plus twenty-two or twenty-three unit uh November. So um and you know, and it, for so everybody out there listening to this podcast, everybody is gonna have losing weeks, losing months, and even losing seasons. So if you run across a handicapper that says the day he first started betting, he has never lost. Like that should be the biggest red flag you've ever heard in your life. You should run for the hills. Um, so like I said, uh, off to a little bit of a slow start in basketball. That's okay. I'm, I'm down eight units to start the year. Uh, really happy. It's, it's November 1st today, turning the, turning the calendar page. Um, and up on the site, there's going to be, you can get either NBA by themselves, college basketball by itself, or, I'm going to have uh, the guys at sportspredictor.com put up a dual package for NBA and college basketball so you guys can get both of my plays uh, in both in both sports, not just one or the other. Very nice. I By the way, you know, I just want to say I had my first outright NBA loss of the season last. I just want to say that, you know, after oh, man. your first one, what are we on six? Well, here here's the, here's the caveat, right? The outright. Because the ones that I knew I was going to lose, I cashed out early on, and I was able to uh, I was able to claim okay. some. But yeah, I, I ended up going uh, uh, with the Hawks despite not having Trey Young. I just you know I you know how hard it is to win the the uh, 
both ends of the home and the home series. Like, yeah, yeah, so I, yeah, I was going on that notion. But uh, one one very cool thing I know when we did the NBA preview. By the way, folks, go check that out on SportsPredictor.com, the podcast section. But I remember we were talking about. Oh, look at this Warriors line to not make the playoffs. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, fast forward a little bit. Steph Curry's going to be out for three months and does not look like they will be making the playoffs. So that that is one I wish I definitely would have made pulled the trigger on as soon as oh, we talked yeah. about it. You're totally right, Alan. So if I remember correctly during our conversation on that podcast, I didn't say I was running to the window to bet it, right, but I did right. say that there was definite value there. At, it Was it plus 375 or 275? I think it was plus 270 to not make it. Yeah, to not make it. So I, if I remember correctly, I said that that does there's some value there. Yeah. I'm not rushing, you know, to sell my my car to bet that prop. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to go throw a couple hundred on it, it's 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 a, it's a value play and uh, so for anybody, I hope that listened to it, um, that was, you know, you could probably go up to the sports book uh, manager right now and say, hey, I'll cut you a deal. You give me my cash now and I won't have to just hold on to this for seven months and you can give me it at plus 250 instead of plus 270. How about that? Uh, no, no sports book manager will take you up on that deal, but that's how, that's how of a lot, much of a lock or a for sure thing that the Warriors to, to make the playoffs on the no is now because no Steph Curry. No Clay Thompson. Draymond, Draymond cannot create his own shot. Uh, and then D'Angelo Russell looks like he's uh, a little bit a deer in the headlights. And then everybody else pretty much on the roster that's getting significant minutes is a first or second year guy. And hell, if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm saying put Steph on the shelf for the whole year, regardless if he's out two to three months. Put him on the shelf next to Clay. Let him rest. Let them recover their bodies. I mean, they've been they played in five straight finals. Five straight them, finals, yeah. That that's a lot of uh, a lot of twelve minute quarters you're logging there, folks. Yeah, that's a lot of extra basketball that has been put on those bodies. So let those boys rest. Um, you know, let them be fresh coming into training camp for the 2020-2021 NBA season, and then they'll be fully loaded with Steph, Clay, Draymond. Who knows if D'Angelo will still be there? But then, what's the the big positive for the Warriors here is, uh, you know, glass half full is all these young kids who would have never seen the floor otherwise without these injuries are now getting a ton of meaningful NBA minutes where they have to take the shots down the stretch, where they have to get stops when there's two minutes left and it's a tie game. So they're going to get really meaningful, impactful NBA minutes as a rookie or a sophomore, and that doesn't really happen very often unless you're a lottery pick. So I think in the long term, it's going to be really good for the Warriors to get guys like you know, uh, Jordan Poole and Spellman and all these other young cats, real, really, uh, you know, valuable amounts of run because it's just going to help them for the future. So the season is lost in terms of the playoffs, but in terms of the future for the next year and the year after, I think this is really helpful for them. You know, we had to get some NBA in on the college basketball program, folks. You, you know, you know, we had to. It was like, oh, like we we're just waiting for so long. I know, I like the first question was about NBA hoops, and I was like, oh, I really want to talk about it some more. But no, anyway, college basketball is here. And again, college basketball is like five times better than hockey anyway. So Oh, yeah, for sure. And this is coming from a guy that played hockey for over 20 years. So <laughs> no worry. All right, folks. Again, our guest today was Doug West. You can find him on Twitter at WC Sports Edge. Uh, and again, too, uh, we're going to have everything linked of his over there on our Twitter as well at Predictor HQ. So make sure you, you follow us there. Uh, sportspredictor.com is where you're going to find all of Doug's great information, all his picks, all his packages that you can buy there as well. So definitely make sure you join us there at sportspredictor.com. 
Doug, as always, a pleasure. Any closing thoughts heading into this college basketball season? Uh, thank you again, Alan. It was a lot of fun to sure. do the college basketball podcast with you. Uh, closing thoughts, I, you know, before I went off on my little three-minute NBA uh, <laughs> NBA Warriors, what they should do tangent, I, I, I pretty much covered my closing thoughts. I, I gave you guys my my last couple of years uh, records and yeah. units won uh, in college basketball. Talked about my little bit of a slow start in NBA. Uh, but like I said, I've won the last five years in both college and NBA. So um, I'm going to get everything in the positive, And I hope you guys can join me. Go to sportspredictor.com. Click on Doug West. And you guys will find all of my options there to, to buy my plays that I put my own money on. So looking forward to another profitable year. And I'm happy to be sharing all my thoughts and insights with you. And I'm looking forward to the next podcast. Indeed, indeed. All right, folks, we will be back next week with a whole new slate of pods. Until then, go to sportspredictor.com. We had four, three or four different ones this weekend. So uh, definitely make sure you check that out. And uh, we'll see you next time. Sportspredictor.com. Peace.